We take these roles because we really, really care about people. We want to change the way we work. We want to ensure things are more equitable. To ensure that strategic decisions at the highest level take more into consideration than just the bottom line. Welcome to Want to Work There, a podcast that explores what really makes a company a great place to work. I'm your host, Jill Felska, and together we'll explore not only what goes into building a great company culture, but also exactly how to implement those best practices within your own workplace. If you're here, you believe that a better world of work is possible, and I can't wait to build it together. Let's go. Hello, and welcome back to the Want to Work There podcast. There are two distinct reasons why many of you may be tuning in for the first time. So let me start by saying welcome. I am so glad you are here. Some of you are tuning in for the first time because we had the pleasure of meeting at 15.5's Thrive Conference last week here in Austin. And I cannot tell you just how wonderful it was to spend time surrounded by other humans who are passionate about creating a better world of work. It totally filled my cup, and I'm guessing it filled yours too. So I really hope this podcast can be a way to kind of continue providing inspiration and actionable tools for that community as we head into 2023. Now, on the other hand, some of you are tuning in for the first time because you employ an incredible people ops leader, and you want to do everything in your power to make sure they feel supported in 2023. I am just as excited that you are here. The impact that my CEO's support had on me while I was a director of people and culture was one of the main reasons I was able to continue showing up and leading in the way that I did during the pandemic. I would argue there's no one in the company that has a more outsized impact on whether or not a people ops lead decides to stay in their role. That is a lot of responsibility, I know, but it's exactly why I'm doing this episode and why I'm so glad you tuned in. I've spent the last few weeks asking dozens of HR leads the same question. What are the one or two things your CEO could do that would make you feel supported in 2023? The six actionable recommendations below are a collection of both their responses and what I know to be true through my own personal experience. I hope it sheds light on some of the proactive ways that you can support your head of people as we dive into 2023. I should also add that two weeks ago, I published an episode on why so many people ops leaders are looking to get out of their roles. If you missed that episode, I highly recommend going back and giving it a listen. It will shed a lot of light on some of the pressures being felt by individuals holding this role in modern organizations. All right. With that all said, let's dive into the six ways you can proactively support and retain your head of people in 2023. Number one, give them a seat at the table and make sure they report directly to the CEO. One of the trends I'm most excited about over the last few years is the growing understanding that people ops leaders are highly strategic, not just tactical. 
I'm hearing more and more often from peers that they've been given a seat at the executive table so they can be part of the proactive strategizing instead of being forced to react to decisions that were made without them in the room. Not only does this allow them to advocate early for decisions that will have substantial impacts on the team, but it also elevates the importance of proactive people-focused strategies and insights to the highest level of consideration possible. You cannot be a people-focused organization without your head of people on the executive leadership team. That said, having a seat at the executive table is not the only important change emerging from this trend. It also includes a shift of people app leaders reporting directly to the CEO versus the CFO or your head of operations. If your head of people isn't reporting directly to you as the CEO, there is no more impactful change you can make in 2023. When your head of people reports directly to you as the CEO, it creates space for a deeply trusting relationship to emerge. And that is exactly the type of relationship that is needed before you can fully empower them to make some of the hard decisions that need to be made in that role. Now, I made this suggestion first because there is nothing more important than empowerment and trust from the CEO when you are in a people ops role. Finding more ways to give them that in 2023 will go a long, long way to retaining them. Number two, acknowledge and account for the emotional labor they do. Modern people ops professionals are some of the most caring, empathetic people on the planet. Contrary to the image that's been portrayed of them for years, the HR professionals I know are not out to get their employees. We don't delight in drafting new policies that screw over our teams so that we can save the company a few dollars. Instead, we take these roles because we really, really care about people. We want to change the way we work. We want to ensure things are more equitable. To ensure that strategic decisions at the highest level take more into consideration than just the bottom line. It is both an absolute gift and one of the biggest reasons leaders in these roles are burning out. As I mentioned in my last episode, people ops professionals are quickly becoming workplace therapists, a role that we were never officially trained for. We're holding space for employees that come to us with everything from family illness and deaths to mental health battles to their own struggles with burnout. For many of us, that's not my problem is not a part of our vocabulary. Instead, we make the time and space to support these individuals in whatever way we can. And we also work to support our managers in tackling these same type of challenges so that they don't feel overwhelmed. Just like the invisible emotional labor that is shouldered by moms, this work is often uncredited and unnoticed. It wasn't until I was out of my last role that I really looked back and realized I was often doing two jobs. The visible job you could document via a job description and the often invisible role of holding space for those who needed it. Don't get me wrong. I was happy to do it and I would do it again albeit likely with better personal boundaries. But I would also want to make sure that my CEO understood that part of my job and the toll it took on my energy and my emotions. 
I was lucky that my last CEO did understand and appreciate that aspect of my role. And I cannot tell you just how far that went. If you are in a position to ask about and acknowledge the emotional labor that your head of people is carrying, I urge you to do it. I promise you noticing and caring will mean so much to them. Number three, provide emotional and strategic support through an advisor. While acknowledging the emotional labor that's being carried will go a long way, there is an even larger opportunity to put systems in place that will support your head of people in the long run. Many people ops leaders in my network are looking for ways to put these systems in place for themselves, ranging from therapy to taking designated time off each month. That said, I believe 2023 is the year of investing in strategic advisors and coaches that can provide structured, ongoing support. Many CEOs are quick to hire a slew of strategic advisors that can help them navigate tough decisions and stay on top of emerging best practices. What's less common is providing the same support for your HR lead. I believe 2023 is the year that this will really begin to change. People always say that being a CEO is a lonely job. Well, so is being ahead of people. Not only are you often holding sensitive information that can't be shared with anyone else internally, you also have to work extra hard to gain the trust and respect of everyone in the company. We're also asking our HR leaders to wear an increasing number of hats, ranging from hybrid work best practices to navigating politics in the office to building DEIB policies that are impactful versus performative. As you probably heard in my last episode, it's a lot. Whether it's me or another strategic advisor and coach, I highly, highly recommend providing access to someone outside the organization that can serve as a sounding board, cheerleader, and resource to your people ops lead who is giving everything they have to your team. Being a great manager is hard, like really hard. I used to preach that it was every company's duty to provide management training for their entire team. But then I became a director of people and culture for a SaaS startup and realized just what kind of barriers were in the way. Design the training in-house? I could never find the time. Hire a third party to come and teach it? Sure, but then I'd need to re-engage them every time a new manager joined, and I just didn't have the budget for that kind of long-term engagement. In my head, I envisioned the startup version of management training, a self-led reusable program that consisted of audio lessons, thoughtful exercises, helpful templates, and an internal facilitation plan for cohort-style learning. So I built it. And it quickly became apparent that I wasn't the only person looking for a more cost-effective, scalable solution. If you also fall into that camp and want to learn more, you can visit wanttoworkthere.com backslash management training. That's wanttoworkthere.com backslash management training. All right, let's get back to the show. Number four, provide tactical support through a virtual assistant. Emotional support isn't the only thing people ops leads are craving. 
I've heard from many that are also drowning in a sea of never-ending tasks that are pushed back in favor of tackling whatever urgent fire has emerged that week. Well, I would argue that many HR teams are understaffed, which is a topic for another episode. I also know that adding an additional team member isn't always an option. What I do know is that support from a virtual assistant or VA is an option, and it's one I'd argue is underutilized in the people op space. Granted, this is a result of my own recent experience in hiring one for myself. Earlier this summer, I had the pleasure of meeting Amber Gray at an event. She is the founder of Trusty Oak, a business that matches U.S.-based VAs with busy professionals. At the time, it felt like perfect serendipity because I had been pondering hiring a VA for months, but kept putting it off because I didn't know how to find someone overseas, which was how I thought everyone did it. Fast forward, and I have been working with a VA from Amber's team for over four months, and I couldn't be happier. However, the thought I keep going back to is, I wish I would have had this when I was in my director of people role. Even just 10 hours a month of support from someone who could have handled little tasks, whether they were business or personal, would have made a huge difference in my stress level. It's why I feel so compelled to include it in this episode. If you're looking for a very tactical, tangible way to provide some immediate relief to your head of people, but can't afford to bring on an additional full-time team member, I highly, highly, highly recommend reaching out to Amber's team at Trusty Oak and discussing some VA support. It will go a long way in making your head of people feel seen and supported. I do want to say that I'm pretty sure this is the first time I have ever specifically recommended a practitioner on this show. And so I feel compelled to share that this is not some sort of ad placement. In fact, I reached out to Amber to make sure it was cool if I included her in this episode. And of course, she's an amazing human. She not only said, yes, absolutely go ahead, but she actually responded with a discount code that I can share with all of you. So I will put Amber and Trusty Oak's contact information in the show notes, along with that promo code for 10% off your starter pack if you do decide to reach out and work with them. There are, of course, so many options available for you to find VAs, but I personally can only vouch for Trusty Oak. That said, the recommendation is to find some VA support for your head of people, no matter where you're sourcing it. I promise it will have an outsized impact. Number five, increase their software budget. The HR tech space has become a behemoth in the last 10 years. There are tools for everything imaginable, from the long-invested-in HRIS to newer employee engagement software and even digital coaching platforms. While it can be a lot to navigate, what I do know is that there is no more cost-effective and scalable way to amplify the work a people team does than to set the company up with the right software stack. I also know that it's often really hard for people ops teams to make the case for investing in new or updated software. Getting the line item approved can be a really uphill battle, and it's one that's often neglected when more urgent pressing items always seem to be popping up. That is why number five on this list is a strong consideration for increasing your HR tech stack budget. 
While there is definitely a time and energy investment up front to getting new software up and running, there is nothing that can replicate the direct impact strategic software can have in the long run. If your people team is advocating for new or upgraded technology, I really urge you to listen and consider the ask. I can promise they have given it a great amount of thought and it will pay off in spades going into 2023. Number six, respond with urgency. This last one actually stopped me in my tracks when I first heard it. As I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, I had the pleasure of attending 15.5's first in-person conference last week, and I took the opportunity to ask many HR professionals the same question. What are one or two things that your CEO could do that would make you feel better supported in 2023? The majority of answers fell into the above five action items, but one woman didn't skip a beat when she responded, act with more urgency. She went on to explain that topics and concerns she brought to the table were often acknowledged, but punted to the following month or quarter or year when there'd quote unquote be more time. I don't know about you, but I have definitely experienced this before, and her clear labeling of it truly knocked me sideways. Urgency is such a simple but powerful thing. It's directly tied to what matters most. And when what you bring to the table is considered urgent by no one but you and the employees who are raising it to you, it's exhausting. I think one of the main reasons people out professionals are leaving the industry is because they're tired of feeling like the only ones who care. The only ones who carry the torch. The only ones raising the battle cry. You can only be that person alone for so long before it feels like you can just no longer go on. Every actionable item on this list is a vote for supporting your people ops team. Doing anything above will make sure that they help feel seen and supported in 2023. I hope with everything in me that even one CEO hears this episode and considers enacting some of the suggestions going into the new year. But more than anything, I hope the message of urgency really sticks. Well, there you have it. Six ways you can proactively work to retain your head of people in 2023. I hope you're walking away with at least one, if not multiple, plans to implement some changes that will really support your people ops lead going into the new year. I'm also happy to answer any additional questions you may have after listening to the episode. And I really mean it when I say I hope you reach out. My email is jill at wanttoworkthere.com. So please don't hesitate to send me a message if I can help shed any light on the struggles your current people ops lead may be facing. If it hasn't already been incredibly clear, helping retain more incredible, caring, passionate people ops professionals is high on my list for 2023. And I am more than happy to give advice to anyone looking to do just that. Until next time, keep on fighting the good fight, and I will see you back here soon. This show was brought to you by wanttoworkthere.com and the incredible team at Podcasting for Creatives. No individual or company acting alone can change our societal beliefs about work, but together we can create a new normal. If you like this episode, please consider passing it on to one or two people who share your passion for creating a better world of work. 
And until next time, please know I see you, I believe in you, and keep going. The work you're doing really matters.